Hello. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Heidi. How's it going? It is going amazing. How are you? I am doing well. Um, you know, I know that we kind of like don't traditionally start the podcast like everyone else, but I feel like this is a really great opportunity to say welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everybody's enjoying their summer. I know it's been crazy for a lot of people. Um, you know, crazy schedules. We did take a little bit of a of a break, but very excited to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We have a really great guest today that whom I whom I love, right? Well, Crystal, you love everybody. I know. I know. Why why what is that? And so I figured it out. I figured it out. So I've been doing a lot of reading lately, like soul searching reading stuff, right? Okay. And I realized that I'm just one of those people that has compassion for everyone. And so what that really means is that I, I genuinely do love everyone, right? So somebody could do a terrible act, you know, whether it be murder or whatever, something really awful, imagine awful. And I look at that person and I don't immediately think, wow, like that they're a really terrible person. I think, wow, that's really sad. What drove them to do that? Yeah, figure out, get behind, you know, what made them do it, right? Like that, yeah, I, I love that about you, right? That you have the ability to find the good in everyone. And I think that's an amazing trait. Well, thank so you. Never, yeah, don't ever lose that. That's good. No, I always, I always tell them, like my partners or my dear friends, the day that I stop caring is the day that you worry. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because then it's just, I'm not who I am. And that's, that's not okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I always heard that about employees, right, in your business, right? The day that they stop pushing back or talking to you or arguing with you is actually problematic, right? Because yeah. that means they're complacent and they just don't care enough anymore, right? And most of the time that means they're halfway out the door. Right. So it's probably the same thing universally, like even in, even in relationships, right? If you don't care enough to, to fight, then maybe, you know, in a healthy way, right? Then maybe you just don't care. That's right. Productive conflict is okay. Yes, I think it is. So, so let's talk about our guest and no, welcome. So being that, well, being that we did take a break, just so that everybody knows, this is Making Up Her Story, where we talk with women from around the world to discuss, um, you know, their stories and their pivotal moments, right? And so um, we got this idea through a Reiki session. So you can tune back to episode one with Nancy Pearson um, to learn a little bit more about that. But um, we really want to do a good job of getting folks, getting women specifically out there in the world, because everybody does have a story and pivotal moments for one person person can become the pivotal moments for another. Right, Heidi? Absolutely. hundred percent. We, we see that over and over again. Yes. So our guest today, I love our guest today. <laughs> I think we're just because we're kindred spirits. We're like exactly the same, but in opposite ways, which we'll get to at some point maybe. So we have Emily Aborn here. I say that your last name, right? You did. Okay. It's like acorn with a B. Oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you both so much for having me. And I love your slogan about one person's pivotal moment becoming somebody else's pivotal moment. Yeah. Ripple effect. Yeah. It was it, exactly. And we didn't actually even really come to that realization, I think, until like a few episodes in, right, Heidi? Like, 
Yeah, it was, we, and, and what happened is, you know, we were, as we were listening to stories, we were, Crystal and I were having these breakthroughs on our own. I was like, oh my God, you know, Crystal was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that, you know, resonates with me. And, and, um, and then we started getting feedback from our listeners and um, who started saying the same thing. And we realized that we were really onto something and, um, and that as important as it is to highlight an individual story, the, the ripple effect is, as you said, Emily, is, is probably equally as important. So powerful. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Hopefully it's easy to love me because I haven't done anything terrible. So I don't even <laughs> to find compassion. Hopefully. No, I guess it's there. <laughs> Makes it easy for me. The one person today. Um, but no, so Emily, so I, this is, I have to share this story and I'm probably going to embarrass her a little bit, but. Oh God, I'm already embarrassed. Yeah. Well, you might remember, I've already told you the story. So Emily and I had met, um, well, I had seen Emily before at the, she built this event that we had last year. Yeah. So I went to that event um, because it just seemed really like interesting to me. We hadn't done a panel with women from Southern New Hampshire, women, women business owners from Southern New Hampshire that I had seen. Um, and being sort of new to the New Hampshire market of business because I was traveling into Boston a bunch. I wanted to check it out. So I took the risk and went alone, which was fine. And I ended up meeting, like, of course, I knew somebody there and so on and so forth. But so I'm sitting next to my friend Leslie and we're watching Emily ask questions to this panel. And Leslie looks at me and she says, can you see that girl's biceps? Like, they're really great. And I was like, oh, my word, like, they're really great. <laughs> and so we were admiring her biceps from like the audience. So that was my first interaction with Emily. She has no idea that it even happened. Um, but it's pretty great. She's like, God, these like little jacked arms. Man. I was in the grocery store today <laughs> getting water and bananas. I'm thinking about Crystal, like looking at my biceps. <laughs> I, I admire these things. Um, but so long story short, now it's been like months later. Months. Um, and we've, we've always been connected with different groups of people, but hadn't met until very recently, more intimately. Um, and I just, you know, I'll let her do her introduction. I always do because I can't tell your story as, you know, as well as you can. Um, but she is absolutely fearless and she has a big mouth and I love it um, in a good way. I don't mean that like in a... I'm just gonna say out of the politics world, but like I mean that actually in a really good way because she is not scared to speak and be powerful and exert herself um, in a really nice, kind, meaningful way. And so, um, yeah, so that's, I'm really excited that you're here. Wow, so thank, you. thank yeah. you. I'm yeah. excited you're here. I like have a celebrity crush on you, oh. so. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so what do you want me to? Well, who are you? Okay, Yeah. so, um, my name is Emily Aborn. Right now, I run a business as a professional assistant. So busy business owners, entrepreneurs, um, even offices that are like looking to outsource some of the marketing work, they hire me to take on the things that they really don't want to do for themselves. So that could be anything from like, honestly, some people I do their QuickBooks, some people I do their social media, some people it's just kind of like little tasks, design work, stuff like that. Um, in my past life, I owned a high-end retail store and it's a little random. It was organic mattresses and natural bedding. 
Um, and I, I definitely want to talk about how like the, she built this event, I think really gave me like the good spot, I guess, to get into the next stage. But when I put on the first event, I was running the store at the time. So now did you know Heidi at the, she built this event? No, I did not. Cause she was there. Yeah. That's I didn't, so I, we crazy. didn't know each other. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know each other. And uh, no, I had met Leslie because, um, we, right before, well, Adria obviously was on the panel yeah. and then Leslie had come to the women's entrepreneurship day event that I had hosted in November. And that was just a couple weeks before she built it. So that's how, um, but yeah, I think we, at that time, Crystal, we were two ships passing in the night, but I, we met not too long after that. Right. So all these dots are connecting. It was like all these women were, are sort of, I believe meant karmically to come together. And I love that she built that event because one, the energy was just awesome, but it was, um, yeah, just really like-minded women coming together and, and sharing experiences and, and so you did a really great job at, at that event. Yeah. I still remember like the coat you were wearing when you came up to us. <laughs> Hi to me and my husband. <laughs> I know that it was my uh, Mondrian uh, vintage Mondrian uh, coat. It looks like a Mondrian painting, doesn't it? I remember also. <laughs> it's so good. Hey, I missed the coat. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. You missed the coat, Crystal. <laughs> yeah. No. No. We know each other now. <laughs> So, yeah, that's so funny that you remember the jacket I wore. Oh, my gosh. So how did you get into mattresses? I mean, that is a little random. It's super random. So I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, well, okay, so I'm going to rewrite, and I'll tell this part quick. But I worked a bunch of jobs, like we all do in our early 20s. Um, and I was always, like, job hopping. I worked for tons of chiropractors. Um, I worked at a health food store. And in the middle of working for a health food store, I had this business where like I would cook for people. I would like go in their house and cook like a week's worth of healthy food. You know, like people that had lost a spouse or single parents were like kind of my clients. So I'd go in, I was balancing two things. I was always like doing like two or three jobs, you know? So I'd go in, cook their meals, and then just like leave it in their fridge and leave them all the instructions and everything. So through that and through working for one of the chiropractors I worked for, I got this job cooking in France. Well, let me say, I thought it was just cooking and I like pictured, <laughs> you know, like I was like skiing down the Alps in France and like cooking for these people and having like these beautiful dinner parties. But really it was just like taking care of like a man with um, Parkinson's disease oh. and cooking for them. So it was intense and cleaning. It was like intense, like scrubbing toilets, you know, and, uh, and they pay you, I mean, they, they, you know, all your room and board is covered and they give you a ski pass, which is nice but they pay you like a hundred euro a week and that's all you get. So oh, it's wow. not like you're out there like blowing your money, but there's, it's not worth what you're getting paid. You know what I mean? But the experience hypothetically should balance out. So during that time I had just met my husband, but we parted ways because I went to France for four months and he was moving to North Carolina. We met in New Hampshire at a health food store and then we like split, you know? So we were staying in contact with Zoom and emailing and things like that for the whole entire time. And then my parents live in North Carolina. They live in Charlotte. 
so when I was coming back, I'm like, well, I'm going to give this guy a chance, you know, because we hadn't dated. We had just like talked on email, basically. I was like, I'm going to give this guy a chance, but I'm not going to tell him I'm giving him a chance. So I'm going to move in with my parents in Charlotte. He lives in Raleigh. It's perfect. So then we dated long distance. Um, then eventually I moved to Raleigh, got a job working at an organic mattress store just because I was looking for a job and they needed an admin. And I was like, great. The business model is stunning. Like you don't pay money until people pay you basically. And I did find myself like really enjoying working with the customers and the product is really durable and sustainable. So I felt really good about it. So when we came back up here, we were like, that was like our five year plan. So I found myself working for another chiropractor and I was working for her and the hours were like really hard for me because they're really early in the morning and then really late at night. So we kind of took our five year plan and fast forward it into like five months and <laughs> And we were open for four um, years, so we it was successful and everything was fantastic. I mean, we definitely had like two really tough years at the end, but it was a great business and people, like people, you know, everyone says, how did you keep that going? But there are so many people that are looking for organic mattresses. It's not even funny. Yeah. The only problem is that you kind of compete a lot with online mattress companies, right. but yeah. Yeah, that's how I got into it. And it was great. It was really good experience running a retail store and running my own business. Like you cannot get better experience than that. And and so what did you take away from that from that experience that that sort of catapulted you into a different direction? Yeah. So I don't really enjoy I can't say I don't like being by myself because I'm home by myself a lot working and I love it. I don't like being stuck in one place and relying on somebody else to come in you know and like I brought a lot of reading and a lot of magazines but there just wasn't I'm a very like capable high energy individual and there just wasn't enough work to do you know like I was always going to work but there wasn't any work to do unless somebody came in and bought something right. so so it really was um probably about four years in and I had gotten some coaching from the small business development center who she said like you got to pick yourself up from your bootstraps and go pretend you're a baby brand new business and just meet every single person because our business was kind of not doing very well um so i did i just like made it an effort to meet everyone and i had the best year i was like this is so much fun like is this what normal people get to do because <laughs> this is amazing um and that really made my job enjoyable for a while but one day i came home and i was like in tears because it just it had been really like boring rough week and i was like i don't think i want to do this anymore and my husband looked at me and he's like we don't have to do this anymore and i was like oh why did no one tell me that <laughs> i thought i thought we had to do this for 10 more years and then like hire an employee and do all the things you're supposed to do when you have a retail store, you know? So, um, given like the turn in the, the product itself and like how we were kind of like online was really big competition for us. We did close, um, the retail store and like sold off the website and brand name and stuff like that. So that's how I kind of got into, well, that's not how I got into doing what I'm doing now, but that's how I got out of the oh, last yeah, chapter. Yeah. yeah. But you were saying how the um, the She Built This event was sort of like where it oh, yeah. 
So how was that? How did it change your perspective? You know the podcast, How I Built This. How? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the NPR podcast. So I love podcasts. I'm like a podcast junkie and including yours. Um, and I listened to that. And one day I'm like, Kristen, I just text her, you know, cause she was one of the people I just decided I was going to meet. And when I got together with her for coffee, I was like, what do I need to meet a photographer for? I have no interest in meeting a photographer, you know, but I was like, whatever, I'm just going to do it because this lady from the SBDC told me to meet everyone. So we get together we become friends, of course, because Kristen's amazing. And I text her one day and I'm like, we should do a panel event where like these women in, in Southern New Hampshire that own businesses can answer all of the questions that we as entrepreneurs like sit there and pick our brains, pull our hair and pick our brains about, you know? And Kristen was like, great idea. So literally we just, I don't even really know how we did it, but we just made it happen. And filled the room with 170 wonderful people. And it was amazing. When I was standing up there, I was like, oh my God, like it did something inside of me. And I was like, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be like building these communities and entrepreneurs, especially like women entrepreneurs in this area are so my passion that that was a piece of it. And then doing what I'm doing now, it just is like exactly like a lot of my clients are women, um, yeah. not all, but so it's so fitting. That's amazing. What, when did you decide you had a business in this? Oh, I just kept saying yes to people. Like when I was in tucked in super bored, yeah. I went and got my real estate license and then I was like, no way, not for me. Um, I knew that after like one week of showing people houses at nine o'clock in the morning when they like disrupt your schedule, yeah, no. not okay. So I, started saying yes to people who would ask me to do their newsletters or who would ask me to help them with their websites or can you, you know, put together this brochure for me? I was like, sure, 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 sure. And before I knew it, like I didn't really tell my husband that I had this little thing going. And before I knew it, (laughs) it's so true. But before I knew it, I had like five full blown, like people that paid me to do this stuff, you know, like on a monthly basis. And I was like, Okay. So I went home and told him about it. And I remember him being like, well, let's not start another business. Let's go get you a real job. And I was like, oh, I'm starting a business. (laughs) (laughs) So I kept like working at it, working at it, working at it. And I think by the time we closed the store, I had nine clients. And I was like, let's just give it a try. You know, give me a chance. And he did. And he's totally like, Grit. And I know like, even if to this moment, it wasn't hundred percent working, he would still be like, let's keep giving it a try, you know, cause he, he realizes it's such a different way of like our whole life has really changed. Right. Well, you've changed. Yeah. So they say. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, you're doing something you're really excited and passionate yeah. about. That means something. Yeah, I agree. I, I really do feel like a different person. And I know like you know, how we feel and being happy or sad, that's so in our control. And I think that's what used to bother me a lot being there is like, I'm like, I know that I am in charge of myself. Like I can be happier in this position if I choose to be. And that was for some reason, a really hard point of it. Cause now I feel like it's so easy to be happy in doing what I'm doing. But I also think you can make your circumstances work for you, you know, and right. that was part of the shift too. So right. and so- I think the aha moment was 
realizing that you didn't have to be captive to that. So true. Right? That you can just, that you, that you could move on in that moment where your husband said, you know, we don't, we don't have to keep doing this was like, huh? Wow. Okay. Now I can reinvent myself and, and, and why be in, why do something that doesn't make you happy? Yeah. And I really think life is too short for you to not be loving what you do. Yeah. You spend too many hours doing it. Right. And then, but it was that, but why, why, I guess the question for me would be, why did you not see that? Like, why did you feel, because you were just so like into this is our 10 year plan and just like, you know, you had all these very specific goals. So you just felt like you were stuck in that direction. I think part of it was not wanting to let myself down and thinking that I had failed. That was a huge thing when we were yeah. like, I really felt like I failed. And in a way I think I had for myself because I said, this is going to be what it is. And then we're going to hire someone and we're both just going to be like paying somebody else to do these kinds of things. So I, I really felt for a long time that I had failed and everything was a flaw. Um, and I also didn't want my husband to think that I failed, I think. And I also didn't want him to think yeah. I'm some person that like got unhappy doing every single thing, you know, which I wasn't. I just, that was what it was, you know? Was yeah, your- well, yeah. And, and I understand, I, I, I definitely understand the failure part of that, right? Um, of, no, you know, I opened the store and we need to make it work. And, and if it doesn't work, then it's a, reflection on you but you know I guess for one thing I've always you know fail for me is an acronym you know it's it's first attempt in learning um and so I always think having gone through some similar situations that could be perceived as failures that if you learn something out of it um then that's brilliant because you become a better person and you can carry that on to something else, you know, the next thing that you do. Um, and at least you took your shot, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, it's better than not trying or not doing it at all. And I do think the experience I got from, like, I never could do what I do right now as effectively if I hadn't gone through owning a business for four years. So yeah. You know, you now understand the challenges of an entrepreneur having been and still are an entrepreneur, right? Um, yeah, and, and the kind of support that a person would need, right, in order to be successful. I think that gives you a really unique perspective, I guess, is my, my point. Right, like I, as, a, as an entrepreneur, I actually like find her probably more credible, right? Yes. Because she has had her own brick and mortar business, right? And that saw, I mean, a turn. And I think anybody listening or even you talk to understands how retail has shifted, right? right? Um, And then to know what that looked like to transition out and then rebrand yourself as somebody completely different. And if you think about it, if something's not working, it's silly of you to stay right. doing it you know you're like a hamster on a wheel going nowhere yeah. that's completely stupid yeah yeah why would you do but, that? 
And, and I don't mean to make it a gender thing, but do you, but I'm interested in your perspective on this, Emily, is, you know, men go in and out of business all the time, right? Like they, and I, I don't know that maybe some feel like, oh my gosh, I failed, but I, I really do think it's more of like a woman thing that we would be super worried about that, right? It's maybe because we put our identity into right. our work. Like, yeah. Painter, and I always I gonna ask. What I, does he do? I yeah. always ask him. I'm like, do you love your job? Are you so happy about your job? Because <laughs> I love my job. And he's like, it's fine, you know. And I'm like, do you want to find something else? Like, we can go. We can find you anything you want. You just let me know, and I'll work on your resume for you, and we'll send it out. And he's like, no, it's fine. And he just doesn't put like his entire right. being. He's not like, oh my god, I had a terrible day painting a house. It ruined my week you know, he right, right. all that into his work. So yeah. there might, maybe there is a little bit of a gender difference. I will say though, like I've been doing, um, obviously I, you know, do workplace solutions with regards to stress management. So I've been studying, um, a man named Johan Hari. I'm like plugging him everywhere I talk because he wrote a book called Lost Connections where he pulls out some really deep research and data and stuff on how not having purpose and meaning in life is really detrimental to people, which makes sense, right? Like if you don't have purpose and meaning, like what are you living for? Right. But for people that don't have a lot of connections outside of the workplace, but are only going to work and they don't have the drive, the passion, they don't have meaning, they're getting torn down by their bosses, there's unhealthy relationships, blah, blah, on and on and on. Like that is really unhealthy for people. Yeah. And so, you know, that just means that your husband is really like, he just has his purpose and meaning is not painting, not painting houses. Right. And you've realized that selling organic mattresses is not your purpose and meaning in life either, right? right. It's connecting, it's supporting other women. Right. You know, I didn't love selling a product. I really yeah. didn't feel great about that. Yeah. So it's funny. I used to be in sales. Um, I guess I still am, right? Because I'm whatever. But we're all in sales. We're all in sales. We're all in sales, right? I worked for Samsonite for like three years and um, I was laid off from Samsonite. Like I would, I would still be there today. If, if they had kept me and people would always look at me and be like, you sell luggage. Like, how do you do that? And I was like, it's not about the luggage. It's about the people and the experience that the luggage is like going into. Right. So like those people are buying that piece of luggage because they're going on vacation and they're going to have such a great time. And like, it's all about like, that was what made me excited, but that would be like the only product I can really remember that I was like, wow, like, yeah. I I can get behind this. Yeah. <laughs> so you really really made it like selling an experience. Right. right? You yeah. made it experiential. Like you got, you know, you oh, you're taking this luggage and you're going to Europe and you're gonna do you know what I mean? It was like I'm so I can totally see you getting into that, right? That's a glass half full crystal. I guess like yeah, for taking the she built this event yeah. as a contrast, I love selling quote right. unquote that. Because it's an experience that I'm like, you're going to have an amazing time and walk away feeling inspired. And hopefully, like I hear stories all the time of people that are like, I did this after that night and I did this. One lady likes to balance her checkbook magically because she learned about the playlist that you, yeah. that you play, uh, balance your checkbook to. And yes, that was actually a brilliant piece of advice. I have to admit, I, that was definitely a way. It doesn't have to be evil. Yeah, so that makes it so much easier to quote-unquote yeah. sell that. Yeah, and when you don't feel like you're selling something, it's, it's a hell of a lot easier, right? Right. Um, I know we're probably running a little bit on time, but I do have another question for you, because I think 
obviously we have a lot of um, female entrepreneurs, I think that listen to this or people that really just want to be independent or understand like the power of women. Um, and I think like sometimes like we talked a little bit about what quote unquote failure looks like or what it is, but like, how was it to go from like with the people that you all, you connected with all of these people as you were at Tuck, Tuck, Tuck it in? Tucked in. Tucked in. I was going to say tucked in, but isn't that a shirt company too? But anyway. Yes. That, untucked. Untucked. Okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Opposite. Um, but so like you meet all these people and you're the owner of this really cool, like organic mattress shop. And then you're like a professional assistant. Could, would you mind sharing what it was like to rebrand yourself from that perspective? If you have any pointers, cause I feel like sometimes people are scared, scared to fail cause they're scared to start over. And so hearing you do that yeah. might be a little helpful for folks. Um, there was, that is a great question. And there was definitely, I'd say a transition point. Um, but I, I think, you know, by now I just kind of like say what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, we're closing the store. This is why here's my new card. This is what I'm doing now. It totally took, I think it took people longer to transition in their mind than it took me. What was hard was what a lot of entrepreneurs are doing right now is working in one place and also working in the other. So I was doing two things at once. Right. And I think that's challenging. It's really challenging. And I admire anyone that does the side hustle and works a normal job or has two businesses going on. So that, but for me, it was an easy transition. I think everybody else sort of saying like, okay, explain what you do now. So it's just a lot of like yeah. repeating the same thing. But I tell you what, it's a lot easier to explain being a personal assistant than to explain organic mattresses to people that have no idea. I, they would look at me like I had five heads and I'm like, yeah, I do Facebook. They're like, oh, okay. I get it. Perfect. Easy. Yeah. Well, but that's, that's a really good point. Right. I mean, and Heidi, you'll appreciate this. Just being honest, like just telling people like it is don't sugarcoat it. Right. Just be honest. And people appreciate that way more than all the fluffy stuff. Like just right. get to the point. We get it done. But I give you significant kudos for that because I you. think it's pretty awesome. And, and frankly, I, I also, I, I think it's a brilliant business concept to be Absolutely. honest because so, it, so many entrepreneurs um, need help and to, um, and, and to have the ability to focus on their core business and to, you know, be able to have a kind of this SWAT team as you need it, you know, person available. I, I think it's genius. Thank you. Um, but I think what you need to think about is how you scale it. I agree. Already, yeah. already working on that. Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably, um, another episode, but I think, because I think it's, uh, I really do think it's brilliant. And, and uh, um, it, it could be huge. Absolutely. Cool. Well, yeah. we have one time, so I want to allow you to give you the opportunity to plug whatever you want. I know we're working on some events and stuff, but share whatever you'd like. Um, let our, our audience know where they can find you and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, well, thank you so much for having me, both of you. And I'm pretty easy to find. It's just emilyaborn.com, like acorn with a B. <laughs> um, or she built this.org gets you to the same place. Um, and I really would love to invite your listeners that are local to New Hampshire to attend the event that myself and Kristen Hardwick are putting on in August at LaBelle Winery because it's going to be another big life changing evening. Awesome. Um, well, thank you. So thank much. you so much, Emily. Really loved having you.
Yeah. And um, you can find us on um, Instagram, making of her story, Twitter of her story and Facebook making of her story as well. If you would like to share your story, please reach out to us because we are definitely open. Um, Technology is an amazing thing. So we can talk to you no matter where you live. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening today. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.